Okay, so the NHL season begins in North America tonight. Uh, both games uh, you can watch on Sportsnet 1, but that is not the news of the day right now. The news of the day right now is Scott Smith is out as CEO of Hockey Canada, a release uh, about an hour ago. Uh, I'll read it to you. The Hockey Canada Board of Directors has announced important changes to Hockey Canada's leadership team. Effective immediately, uh, it announced the departure of Chief Executive Officer Scott Smith. The entire board has also agreed to step down to make room for a new slate of directors. An interim management committee, and there's a question about that, who that will be, will be put in place, which will guide the organization until no later than a newly constituted board appoints a new CEO to lead the organization. Recognizing the urgent need for new leadership and perspectives, the entire board of directors announced it will step aside and pursuant to Hockey Canada's bylaws, the board will ask its members to select a new slate of directors by no later than the forthcoming virtual election scheduled for December 17th, 2022. That was originally scheduled for November 17th and was pushed a month later. The board will not seek re-election and will fulfill its fiduciary duties until such time as a new board is elected. Hockey Canada seeking board candidates to shape the future of the organization. We encourage, we encourage qualified individuals to respond to the call for nominations issued by the independent nominating committee last week. We all suspected it was marching to this inevitability. We just didn't know it would get there this quickly. That's where we begin the program today. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, officially welcome in, and uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Plenty on the Hockey Canada news, and again, if you're just joining us, CEO Scott Smith is no longer part of Hockey Canada and the entire board, which right now, by the way, is only seven members. Uh, after two, one chair and one interim chair, uh, Michael Brindamore and most recently Andrea Skinner have stepped aside. So Terry Egan from Eckville, Alberta, Kirk Lamb from Calgary, Alberta, John Neville from Markham, Ontario, Barry Raynard from Kenora, Ontario, Bobby Shiny from Toronto, Ontario, Mary Ann Varoba from Lapman, Saskatchewan, and Goops Woolridge from Milton Station, PEI. That is the board right now. And the big news of the day, even though it is day one of the NHL starting in North America for the season, uh, Hockey Canada is dominating the headlines. And that's where we'll welcome in Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman, of course, also from 32 Thoughts. Hello, Fridge. Good morning, Jeff, or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Yes, very good. Uh, you know, as I mentioned off the top, we all thought that it was marching towards this inevitability. There had to be some things that had to happen, various processes put in place to get there. But here we are. Now Scott Smith is out. Uh, the Hockey Canada Board, which now, as I mentioned, is only comprised of seven. It used to be nine after two people have resigned. That They will be replaced uh, at the AGM, which is December the 17th. Uh, there will be a new committee that looks to appoint that looks to put together a, a management position to replace Scott Smith in the interim here. What out of all of these headlines and issues involving Hockey Canada right now? And let's not forget too, this is all under the umbrella of a lot of pressure from certainly the members who will you know elect uh, help elect the board, but also sponsors pulling out. Uh, the Prime Minister has weighed in. A lot of significant Canadians ex. Members of Hockey Canada have weighed in. Um, what out of all of these headlines grabs you right away, Elliot? Well, I, I just think that, uh, Jeff, it, it had to happen. It probably took longer than a lot of us thought it was going to happen. There's no question that it was 
forced to happen because of the testimony last week and the reaction to it. Um, look, I, you know, I, I, the one thing I'm kind of wondering is, you know, where do we go from here? Um, you know, who's going to want to do it? Um, who is going to, and the, and the other thing too is it's, it's so important when you're in a situation like this that you send a proper message. And that's one thing that hasn't happened is the message has been very poor to say the least. So um, I, I think that that's kind of my question is, okay, we, we kind of thought we'd be here. What now? And, you know, who's going to want to do it? Um, what is going to be their plan for doing it? Um, how can Hockey Canada do a better job of not only handling their business internally, but handling their business externally, sending, you know, the right message about what they think about what's happened and where we have to go from here. I mean, I don't even think there's one thing, Jeff. I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of things here. This is a, this is a massive job. And I, I think that, in a lot of in a lot of ways, they've kind of made things harder on themselves, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that has to change immediately. You know, I I think one of the um one of the things that'll move that along, and Hockey Canada does you know reference um, former Supreme Court Justice uh, Thomas Harwell uh, or Crom- Cromwell rather, and his impending report, which I believe is due or I believe is coming out at the end of October. Now this is. You know, this is a, a review of Hockey Canada's, you know, structures, government uh, governance, uh, systems as well. There's going to be a number of recommendations. Now, that'll be up to the 13 members to implement. Now, all of a sudden, the 13 members have a whole new board um, to elect here. That's going to be in December. They also have the, the Cromwell report to deal with. So at the same time as, you know, Hockey Canada is, you know, putting in an interim management team to take over for Scott Smith... And then the search uh, underway for a new CEO of Hockey Canada. I wonder how much will just be dictated by what the Cromwell report um, recommends. Again, those don't get implemented right away. The 13 members, they need to implement any recommendations from the Cromwell report. Well, part of me wonders, Jeff, if they either already have it or they kind of know where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I, I think... I, I did wonder about that when I heard that this morning. If it's, you know, you're taking a look at the whole situation and seeing, okay, why did we get here today? Was it solely because of the sponsors? Was it because people realized it's time? Or was it because people realized where the report is headed? Or was it some combination of all of it? And Look, I, I think, I mean, I think we can all kind of see where this is going. And I just wondered if they said we have to begin our clean slate as soon as we possibly can. And that time is now. You know, one of the things here uh, in this release, um, Hockey Canada seeking new board candidates and anyone can apply. Um, the, the, the last time this happened, there were a few hundred people that applied. And then after vetting, I mean, you get down to a number that's in the, uh, in, in the low double digits, not the high double digits. And that's a process. Um, and you know, there was a call for, for nominations, 
last week as well. So that takes some time. I would imagine trying to find a new CEO for Hockey Canada as well does take some time. I don't know that we're getting yep. we're, we're getting to any of this, Elliot, any anytime soon. Well, that may be true, Jeff. Uh, there's no question that they have to get this right. You know, you're you're in a situation now where every wrong move or every wrong decision you make is magnified. So you have to make, so if you take longer to make sure you find the right people, I don't think anybody should have a problem with that. I think, you know, Jeff, you and I have talked privately about um, are people going to want to do it? Yes. And especially because a lot of these positions are volunteer positions, not all of them. But, on the board, but on, the, on, the, on the board, they are the, the board, yes. the board of volunteer positions. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about that and, you know, I thought a lot about it uh, over the last couple of days. And, you know, I don't think that people should be afraid of trying to be part of a group that's going to make things better or fix things. Mm-hmm. What I think would be one of the biggest concerns, like I look at it from my own shoes, say for argument's sake, I was to want to be a board member at, at Hockey Canada. I think that the, the biggest concern I would have is people are 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 out there um, speaking or pre- being prepared to speak on behalf of the organization, and it appears that they're not being given good advice or good direction on what they should be saying or how they should be saying it, and. I think it's not only to me about the board and, and who's on it or the CEO and who is it, but when you're the face or one of the faces of hockey in this country, it's such a major organization. The, one of the conversations has to be, how are we coming across? Or how are we saying what we need to say? Mm-hmm. Like there are times you, you go out to speak and, you know, you, you, you can go out and you can be on the offensive. But there are other times where you have to go out there and you have to be contrite. And this was a situation where Hockey Canada had to be contrite and they just weren't prepared for that. And so I, I look at the two things. I look at, I don't think anybody who really wants to make a positive difference should be afraid of, of, make, of trying to make a positive difference and putting their name forward, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I would be I would be worried right now saying, hey, um, if I'm going to come into your organization, are we going to be prepared to send out our message properly? You know, I, I want to circle back to something you said there, and that is, you know, uh, the board chair and who would want that position. There's a Hockey Canada board meeting scheduled for this week, and like, mm-hmm. like you, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that I don't think that anybody from the current board, after seeing, well, specifically um, after seeing Andrea Skinner last week, I, I don't think that anybody wants to take that interim uh, chair position. Uh, that'll have to be settled when the, when the new slate comes in in, in December at the, uh, at, at the AGM. And just so all of our listeners and, and viewers here on 360 are clear, there are 13 members that decide that from across the country. Um, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Uh, there's Hockey North that represents the Northwest Territories, the four, four Atlantic provinces, Quebec, and then three from Ontario. And that's Hockey North, Hockey East, and the OHF. That's who decides here. And that's the structure. But you know, as, as, I, as I mentioned off the top, 
this is all under the umbrella of high-profile people speaking out and high-profile sponsors, either Elliot completely pulling out of Hockey Canada or redistributing their funds or putting them somewhere else, namely from the men's program to the women and youth programs in hockey. You know, I, And para. Yes, and, and para as well. The... Um, with Scott Smith, and we still don't know whether this was Scott Smith resigning, whether this was Scott Smith packaged out, we, we still don't know. With him no longer the chief executive officer uh, of Hockey Canada, with an entire new board coming in, do you think that's enough to bring sponsors back? That's enough for various high-profile either former athletes or uh, politicians to say we're starting to see some positivity from Hockey Canada? Like, essentially what I'm asking you is, uh, and that's a question you asked to begin, and that is, where do we go from here? You know, is this enough of an initial offering to start to get this back on track? I think that's probably too soon, Jeff. I think it's something that people want to see or wanted to see. I don't think there's any doubt like that. Like, for example, when, when someone with the cachet of, Haley Wickenheiser comes out as strongly as she did last week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's over really. So, um, you know, I, I think that we were all kind of expected to or kind of, we all thought this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when, but to say it's over and we can start the trip back. I think it's too soon for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to see that. I think we all people who really like hockey in this country or love hockey in this country want things to be better i don't think there's any doubt about that um but it's, it's not that quick and um you know um you know i i think there's there's still a lot of things that that have to get sorted out like where are we going here and um you know the other the, you know the other thing too is you know what else are we still waiting to discover and it's you know it, it's hard to say well everything's clean now or we're moving in the right direction when you're still wondering what else could be discovered. Absolutely. Uh, and this story continues. Uh, Paul Grant's from, from Sportsnet is going to stop by an hour or two. And we'll also talk to, to Haley Salvi and more about this uh, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, meanwhile, you did some reporting this morning on Ian Cole. Tampa opens up their season tonight against the New York Rangers. Uh, we will not see Ian Cole in the lineup. He is um, suspended right now uh, with pay uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's the latest with Ian Cole? And this is all a sort of after what happened on the weekend with some disturbing accusations about grooming and sexual assault of a, of a young female. Well, I, I want to be careful with this one because we still there's still a lot we don't know here. Yeah. Um, but all I'll say is that, uh, as you mentioned, Tampa's in New York tonight. Tomorrow in New York, um, Ian Cole and... I specifically asked if this was being called a hearing, and I was told no, it's not correct to call it a hearing. Mm-hmm. So the, the phrase I was um, the phrase that I was told and kind of heard was they're calling it an interview, and he's going to meet uh, with the league and the players. So the league's I think the league's director of security is actually doing the interview, um, and the players' association will be there, and he has hired uh, a lawyer uh, as he should. Um, and who's going to be there with them. So I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if that means we're going to get any kind of decision made here. The fact that uh, it's, it's being called a, uh, an interview as opposed to a hearing indicates to me it's, they're still in the fact-finding stage as much as anything else. 
but uh, that's what's going down tomorrow. There's no real good way to pivot from these two stories um, into anything that's happening tonight. I'm just going to leave two seconds of a pause and go into it. Both those stories have significant gravity to them. Um, Tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning face off against the New York Rangers. Later, the Vegas Golden Knights face off against the Los Angeles Kings. We'll be at uh, MSG early, crypto.com arena uh, in the evening. Can I get your thoughts on both these two teams, uh, both these two games? So with Tampa, we always say it's the fool that bets against Tampa. Uh, And with the New York Rangers, I think the, the question is, was what we saw last season legit or fool's gold? Were they a little bit lucky to get where they got to, or are they a legit conference final contender? Once again, your thoughts. We'll start with the early game, Tampa and New York. Your thoughts on these two teams? Well, I'm I'm writing. Uh, I'm working tonight. I'm writing my blog, Jeff. And one of the things that I, I want to do is I've been asked to make predictions. You, you love know, that. You know how you much, love that. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, how yeah. Much I, So one of the things I've decided that I'm going to do for this year is. I'm going to eliminate on the show tonight and the blog today, I'm going to eliminate the obvious contenders and pick winners. So for my Stanley Cup pick, I said I'm not allowed to pick Colorado and I'm not allowed to pick Tampa. So I kind of went from there. And Can I guess? My heart. Sure. Carolina. Yes, that's one. Edmonton. That's the other. Okay. Uh I think someone else is picking Calgary. So I was like, I can't pick. I have a lot of rules. I can't pick obvious <laughs> teams. I can't pick teams that other people are picking. Do you so, make, hang on. Do you make the uh, hang on? Do you like handicap the rest of your life like this? Like, do you make things no, like specifically yeah, deliberately I, hard on yourself? Actually, yes. In some cases, I do, which is why I've gotten into so much trouble in my life and made so many <laughs> poor decisions. Okay, very good. Um, like for example, in the, for the heart too, I said I can't pick Matthews and I can't pick McDavid. You're taking McCarr. No, I I didn't take him. I thought that was too obvious, too. I'm trying to remember who I picked. I have to check. Um, And I can't check right now because I'll hang up on the Opal. And for for Vesna, I said I can't pick Vasilevsky. I can't pick Markstrom because I picked him last year. And I can't pick Shesterkin, so I took Demko. That hey, listen, that's and, a, that. Hey, I, I think Demko is a good pick, even without without the handicap. Like even without saying I can't take Vasilevsky and Shosturkin and Markstrom, I think Demko's got Norris, a legit shot at it. I can't take Makar, and I can't take Fox, and I can't take Hedman. So I'm so McAvoy it is. Picked. McAvoy it is. No, he's out. He's out. So no. you know so? what I took? I, I took Haskinen. He's going to be given tons of. You know what? You know what's interesting about Haskinen. That's a really yeah. smart one because he's going to be given plenty of offensive opportunity now that wasn't necessarily there under Rick Bonus. That's a that's a that's a wise pick. If I'm you're not if you're not going to take Makar, you're not going to take Makar. I'm trying to remember who I, who I took for heart. I can't remember right now. I'll have to I'll have to check. Yeah, I'll have to check later. Tune in tonight. Read the blog. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the Rangers before we uh, before we move on to the late game. Look, I, I think look they have they have the goalie, and they have a good team. Yep. I just think it's it's really um, I, I think it's really important that they make life easier on Shostak. Mm-hmm. You don't like every goalie has to be great. Even Tampa winning the cup, 
you need Vasilevsky to make big saves for you. But you still have to minimize, or at least try your best to minimize the workload and the quality of chances. And I just think that that's what the Rangers have to do. I thought last year, you know, Shesterkin, like I said, your goalie's got to be great. I just thought they forced him to be too great. I'd like to, I'd like for them to say, we're going to make sure this year that you don't need to be, you can be a little less great because we'll be better in front of you. Shesterkin, Vasilevsky tonight. Those are your two. Those are your yeah. two goaltenders. And w- one final thing on the Rangers. Well, Demko here. is clearly better than both of them. Well, clearly because like, you uh, chose him, even though you serious. even though you threw about a, uh, four or five goaltenders in front of him and said, "I'm disqualifying <laughs> these five, and Demko is the best." Just kissing up to the Vancouver crowd. I, I see your game here. Twenty percent of the twenty percent of the league is disqualified. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll be on the Vancouver fans' bad side. Not. Not long, not too much longer. They're already mad at me that I said that Couturier was Horvat's comparable. So, yeah, I guess I guess it goes up and down. Just I'll just say that it's Matthew, but double down and say actually it's not Couturier, it's Barzell, and it's light lighted on fire. Um, oh, that, well, it is now. Three uh, three new captains named this off season. So yeah. Nick Suzuki in Montreal, uh, Carlo yeah. Poso in Buffalo, and Jacob Truba with the New York Rangers. Do you have a thought on Truba? Well, one of the reasons, you know, it's interesting. If you if you take a look at, um, if you take a look at uh, the reaction last year with the with the Crosby Truba thing. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like I, I know that there's some people who don't really like that play. I didn't think it was a dirty play, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at the fact that, you know, he was involved in it and his reaction to it and the way he handled it. Uh, was was had a lot to do with why he got the C. Like they had several choices there, and yep. um, you know, I, I I I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if that had a lot to do with it. There was actually a really good article on NHL.com yesterday by Dan Rosen, where Truba talked about a CEO he spoke to, and some leadership lessons that that he learned. And I would encourage everyone to go read it. Um, it's uh it's a really good piece, and, and I found it very interesting in terms of some of the advice that he was given. It's, it's clear like Chara did that when Chara yep. became the captain in Boston, you know, not only did he call El Arbor, but he also took some leadership courses and I'm sure that, you know, he's not the only one and Truba is not the only one, but I always find it interesting when people do search out mm-hmm. uh, individuals from other walks of life and say, I want to do some research. What can you tell me? You know, another part of that, I read that piece too, and it's, it's really good. The other interesting part too is, you know, when he was a kid writing down that he wants to be a captain of an NHL team as a, as a, as a, yeah, young I wrote boy. that down too, but I didn't succeed. Yeah. I'm I, just more of a failure than Truba. I, I wrote down a lot of things and somehow I ended up <laughs> here talking to you, Elliot, but I digress. I can't believe you didn't write that down when you were seven. One day I dream about working with someone who gives me constant headaches and is late for everything. Oh, dare to dream, <laughs> dare to dream. Oh, congratulations. You yeah, succeeded. I know. That's corner office material now. Well done, Merrick. Great career choices. Um, choose wisely, folks. Make good decisions. Uh, Crypto.com Arena, 10 o'clock Eastern, Los Angeles. It is the Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, last season, uh, opening night, Anse Kopitar went off, went off for a five spot. Uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy's first game as the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kevin Fiala. Uh, we expect to light it up with uh, with Anse Kopitar. We'll get our first look at him as a Los Angeles King. Your thoughts on both these teams, Vegas, who, by the way, we should have talked about this earlier. Uh, Nick Hague is finally done. 
Uh, your thoughts mm-hmm. on Vegas and your thoughts on the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, there's a lot of people, and I know you're one of them, Jeff, who are not are are banking on the Kings this year. They, they like really them. like them. I like them. Yeah, I, keep the defense I like healthy. Too. Keep the defense yeah. healthy. That's it. That's it. Keep the defense I like, healthy. I like the Kings too. I think they're good. They gave the Oilers uh, everything they could handle last year, and and, and then McDavid went all world and beat them. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I think that they're. I really like I like the Kings. I, I and you know the the interesting thing to me about it is is quick, and just how he's refused to concede the net. Um, quick is one of my all time favorites. I, I I really like the guy, mm-hmm. um, and I think that sets a tone. Um, Fiala was what they needed. Uh, I'm curious to see if Fiala can handle the load. You know, he's this is the first time in his career he's really being told for a long time, you're our number one offensive player. And I, I think that's a bit of a different thing. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how he handles it. Vegas, like, you know, the, to, to me, this is a big year for Eichel. I, I think you can understand how last year was kind of a, a throwaway year for him. Um, he went through a lot um, to, you know, it's interesting. I have to tell you, Jeff, I had a lot of interesting reaction over last year to some of the stuff we did with Eichel. And, um, you know, like we, 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 I took a very hard stance on the fact that I, I feel that as a player, even though the CBA says the Sabres um, had the ultimate control over the, uh, over the decision, I, I feel a player should have had his choice yep. uh, over the medical care that they uh, want to get for their own body and their own life. And, you know, I, I had some people say to me, um, you know, because, you know, Eichel takes a lot of heat. And they said they thought I was too pro Eichel. And I said, that's fine. You can say what you want. I just think in this particular case, it should be a person's own medical situation for the future of the, of their body. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think a lot, a lot, even people who are kind of anti Eichel said to me, they agreed with was it's a lot of stress. Like when you're going through that kind of a battle and you're basically taking on a team and the league, it's a lot. And then you have the procedure and you get traded and your whole year is kind of a write-off. And I just think that, you know, this is a big year for him. I, you know, you, you, if I was him and you're, you're, I'm a competitive guy, you see that Buffalo feels very good about the direction you're going. They're going in after you were there. And I would use that to motivate me. I, I think it's a big year for him. And I think we're all wondering about Vegas's goalies. How do they, you know, how do they handle it? You know, Logan Thompson, it's a big opportunity for him. Uh, the old quote, one, one person's injury is another person's opportunity. Well, there's two injuries. So this is a real big opportunity for him. How mm. does he handle it? Uh, one other thing too, Nick Hague, that contract gets done. Were you surprised yeah. at the number? I, I was surprised at the term because I wasn't hearing a lot about a three-year term. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting structure. Like, if you look at it, it's about 2-7 this year, and it's 1-5 next year, and then it's 2-7 the year after, so it gets a good qualifying offer. Yep. There aren't too many contracts that are structured like that. First of all, I, I think that nobody wants to miss games. Nobody wants to miss games. No. It's not good for the player to miss games, and... You know, like Vegas grinded them hard, which is, you know, what they do. And so, look, this is Vegas needs him in the lineup. He doesn't want to miss games. It works out. I, I will say this, Jeff. 
the agent here who's who's Murray Coons, I had heard that at different points in, in, in the summer, closer to July 13th and then now, more recently, I think there were some teams talking, you know, about the possibility of an offer sheet. And he wouldn't tell me, you know, who they were. He really wouldn't go into it. He, mm-hmm. he was pretty tight-lipped about it. I really even wouldn't confirm it. But, you know, what another team told me was, if it's going to happen, it would have happened. He thinks it would have happened today. Because it would have been the first year, first day, excuse me, under the cap. Yep. And that was the day that Vegas was really vulnerable. Now, it didn't happen. Obviously, he signed. And I would guess he signed because, A, he wanted to be in Vegas. And B, even though teams talk sometimes a big game about this, how often do they do it? And so I, you know, I don't know if it would have happened. I know it was talked about, but I can understand Haig saying, you know what? I like, I like it in Vegas yeah. and you can't depend on this. I'm taking the deal. You know what? One quick thought on offer sheets there. I've always wondered, and I get it. Like players want to know where they're playing and they have oftentimes family to move and kids to get in school. And I understand, you know, the realities of of human life. This isn't just about hockey, but from a strategic point of view, does it not make more sense to offer sheet as close to the beginning of the schedule as possible? Well, that's the thing is though, you know, through yesterday, um, that was, See, some people had denied it to me, but I always thought the longer that the Hague stalemate went on, mm-hmm. the more likely it was going to get decided right as they had to set their roster because you maximize your cap, right? Mm-hmm. You ma- So it made sense for me it happened yesterday. But like I said, there was like there's some people I consult about this kind of thing because as much as I try to understand it, I'm not very bright and the cap is, is really challenging. The, the point out, like, if you were going to do it, it was going to be today. Right. Because it, the, the, the LTIs were set, and also um, the cap hit changes if you sign during the season. Yes. You know, that's – so that's, that's – but you have to look at who's had, got the cap room – or the ability to do that. And that was another thing, too. With a flat, not many teams at all. Uh, real well, quick, yeah. I, was, I was really happy for you this morning coming in. Because there are sometimes there are, there are just some tweets that you can tell certain people can't retweet fast enough. And yeah. that Arbor Jack guy had been called up from Laval. I don't think yes. he could have retweeted that fast. I mean, Tucker well, Paul Byron to goes in LTIR. You tried to taunt me yesterday. Eh? Like I, yeah, I saw you. Some teammate you yeah, are. Just put, uh, no, I'm just putting some cheese in the trap for you. That's all. You just went for it, man. You just, yeah, you could have just left it alone, man. Look, you don't know where this is going to go. You don't know yeah. it, what's going to happen with the player. But he made an impression. He's a throwback. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is like we said, he's a long shot. And you... You like to see long shots hit it big. Cheer for those guys all day. Uh, thanks, for each. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your walk. Be well. All right. Have a good day, Jeff. There he Take is, care. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts.